1: Hello, and welcome to Growth Masters Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Tadros. Joining me on the show today is Sam Dunning, the co-owner and sales director of WebChoice, an agency based out of the UK. Sam, welcome to the show, my friend.
0: Hey Rob, appreciate you having me on, dude. Good to chat again, and looking forward to it.
1: Pleasure, man. I mean, you're all the way over in the UK, and I'm all the way over here um, in, in in Oz. It's always good to always good to always good to chat, man. What's happening over there in the UK at the moment? How, how are you guys going? Are you out of lockdown? You still in lockdown?
0: We what's are growth? well. We're we're kind of we're semi out basically. We just had the announcement yesterday where everyone was hoping that lockdown was going to get um, basically full full restrictions ending. But we've just had the announcement that it's going to go on for another four weeks, um, oh, which isn't so bad for us because we're, we're so flexible in the digital marketing space that we can pretty much do our work anywhere. And right now we're allowed kind of up to six people in most public spaces. But it's a massive hit for all the events industry, music industry um, and all everyone in that space that was kind of relying on things opening back up. So kind of big public occasions could go back on. So definitely a, a big hit for those poor guys.
1: Man, I feel I feel your pain, and I feel the pain for everyone. You know, like we keep coming in and out of lockdown. You know, we 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 went back to seventy five percent capacity in the office, then we got locked down again for a week. That got extended to two weeks. Then we yep. went back to twenty five percent. So who knows where we're going to end up tomorrow? Right? No one knows. Um, well, man, it's good to have you on the show. Um, Web Choice, tell me a little bit about Web Choice. I mean, I know, but it's more for our listeners, right? So um, what do you guys do? What do you specialize in? Um, and then we'll shift it up a gear and, and, and take it somewhere into you know trends of digital marketing where where the where the space is heading.
0: Yeah, sure thing, man. So the, the short snapshot is essentially we work with startups through to, to larger scale co's um, in the UK and, and overseas. And essentially, we build custom websites and custom SEO strategies that generate leads and generate sales revenue. Simple. I
1: love it. Um, other than SEO, do you do anything else? Or are they like your core sort of disciplines? So website design, yeah. and development, and then SEO?
0: That that tends to be our core strengths, how most people come to us. But as I'm sure you guys are involved in a bit of an oppressive, that sometimes leads on to other things. So it might be that maybe a, a business comes to us because they perhaps want to redesign their website, or perhaps their website isn't hooking enough inbound leads, or sales. And then we'll look at the website, we'll look at the design, we'll look at helping them with their conversion rates to to drive more inbound opportunities. And that might like lead on to some organic SEO to help them get found on Google. That might then lead on to some pay-per-click, maybe Google ads, maybe some Facebook ads, and maybe some retargeting, and then maybe even some website support and maintenance. So things tend to follow once we kind of start working with the client once we build up that trust and once we understand really where their business wants to go and once um, they kind of see that we can help them upgrade their leads, build their revenue and and so on.
1: Yeah, man. So let's spend a little bit of time there, right? Because I've always seen a website, any company's website. I don't care if you're a startup and I don't care if you're on the Forbes 100, right? That website essentially needs to act as a salesperson. Right Now, there are a lot of salespeople out there, right? Those that look very polished but don't necessarily close deals. And there are those that don't necessarily look so polished but are very, very high converters, right? So I guess using that analogy, you know, like from your perspective, um, what's your approach, right, when you're considering either redesign or even just taking, you know, rebuilding a whole new site from scratch? What's your process?
0: Yeah, so just like you said, your website can or cannot be your, your very best salesperson because it, it's there 24 seven, it's live, it's constantly in front of idle customers on the basis that you're marketing it in front of them on the right channels. So in terms of thinking about that, so one of the most important things to think about, I guess, if you're looking at a website, or if you're looking at a redesign, is understanding why you're doing it. So let's say perhaps you've got a website already, what's prompted you to make you think that you need that redesign Is it because you've had perhaps feedback from prospects or buyers that it's it's confusing, it's perhaps difficult to navigate, perhaps it doesn't give them all the answers they need, perhaps it was hard to contact you, or is it just because it's not working for your business effectively, so perhaps your current site or your lack of a site is not generating enough inbound leads, perhaps if you're e-commerce, it's not generating enough sales, um, or perhaps it's something else, so real understanding why you're doing it, rather than just kind of rebuilding a site for the sake of it because um, that, that can be a surefire way to waste a lot of cash until you know the reasons why. And then one thing that I like to ramble on about a lot, Rob, is if you're going to redesign your website, if you're going to build a fresh website, don't build it to stroke your own ego or to stroke your boss's ego or to <laughs> stroke your marketing director's ego. Because ultimately, if we're dry- designing it for myself, myself included, I've been guilty of this in the past. If we're just doing it for that, I mean, it's only going to please us. Why, why would our ideal prospects, our ideal customers, our target market like it? Um. So in mean, one of the best I love ways,
1: because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some of the, you know, good looking websites that don't convert, but hey, guess what? The boss is happy with it.
0: <laughs> exactly. I mean, whilst, whilst they might be thinking it's amazing and maybe some of the board think it's amazing. Um, if it's not working as, as your business an effective tool and it's not, if your B2B site, it's not keeping your sales team fueled with leads or if your e-commerce, yeah. if it's not driving those sales consistently, what, what is the point?
1: Um, Correct. So what is a website like typically? I mean, obviously we're both in this space, right? And I've always found, you know, most sites are somewhere between that sort of, I don't know, let's call it up to sort of 10% conversion rate, depending on, I mean, there's so many different factors here, right? But typically a site's converting somewhere around that 2% mark, right? So, you know, I think we were talking about this prior to the show, you got 98% of traffic that is not going to convert. So what's your approach there? You know, like what can you do to tap into that 98%?
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's a stat I ripped from... A company called Lead Forensics used to always use this stat um, that basically only 2% of your website will convert into a lead or into a a buyer. So that's going to vary from site to site, of course. That's just a general statistic. Um, But there's a bunch of things that you can do because you've got to think that everyone that comes on your website, they're not necessarily going to be ready to buy or do business with you right now. So I guess ensuring that your website is catering for people at different stages of the buyer journey. So whether it's someone, let's say, in the research or awareness stage, so someone that's Mm -hmm. just thinking about your product, and in that case, they might want to think of your website as a useful resource. So if your site can provide them useful guides, articles, maybe podcasts or videos um, that are really insightful, really helpful, and really educate them around Kind of how they can make best use of your product, what you need to think about before investing in your service, um, and those kind of things. That's that's kind of for them. Perhaps in the, then you're moving down to the middle of the sales funnel. That might be the comparison stage where they're perhaps comparing your product to other opportunities or other competitors on the market and how yours stacks up against those. So again, providing resources on that front, or perhaps if they're right at the bottom of the sales funnel, so they're ready to speak to sales. So making sure your website is really, really easy to get to get in touch. So there's something called the grunt test, um, coined by Donald Miller, a book called uh, Building a Story Brand. So essentially the grunt test is, could a caveman in caveman times, could you stick your website in front of him? And as soon as he goes on your website, could he grunt exactly what you do, exactly how you help people, and exactly how to get in touch? So if you... If, And the best way to test this is to stick your website homepage in front of someone that's never seen your site before. And if they they can't say within a couple of seconds exactly what you do, exactly how you help and exactly how to get in touch with you, it's not hitting the mark and the chances are you're losing customers and they're going to go to a competitor that can do that. So um, that's a quick test you can do. And then again, making it super easy for them to either give you a call, make a purchase, fill out an inquiry form, email you direct, giving them those call to actions to really quickly get in touch. because a lot of websites Kind of go over complex they use jargon that perhaps their customers don't use and um again there's there's a saying if you confuse you lose so if you make it difficult for someone to take an action on your site then they might drop off
1: i love that man and i love this grand test um i'm gonna steal that from you that was uh that's a, that's an awesome one <laughs> Um, so on on that note of call to actions, right, and the in the site design and the UX, but the I think there's a there's an there's a part here that gets really overlooked, and that is content, right? The actual copy mm-hmm. that's on the site. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've got I guess my own sort of perspectives on this, but what what are your thoughts on copy and how important that is to a site's conversion?
0: Yeah, content. As as the old saying goes, content is king. Um, I actually go one above that though. I always say because a lot. <laughs> I like, to, I like to ruffle feathers, especially if I'm messing about on LinkedIn. So often people will say content is king, but I'll say, well, page speed comes before. Because if you've got a slow loading website, if your website takes longer than two seconds to load, people are going to get annoyed and they're going to head to a competitor that's quick to load. So page speed is absolutely paramount. So if you haven't yet, do a page speed test on Google Page Speed Insights to so test it on mobile and desktop. But yeah, after that, content is, is crucial because the chances are as soon as someone lands on your homepage above the fold so before they scroll they're going to see your headline uh, maybe a a sub headline and then a a call to action so really making sure that headline resonates with your ideal buyer is crucial so if you're perhaps a a b2b or b2c kind of product-based service-based industry then you want to pick either a really juicy problem that your buyers come to your team with each and every week um Or you want to kind of really clearly define how you make their life better in that headline. So someone can instantly go on there and see a problem that resonates with them or exactly how you improve their life or business straight away um, that's going to compel them to either click the call to action, get in touch with you or or learn more and scroll further through your site. Um, And then furthermore, kind of scrolling through your website, making sure your, your copy, your content isn't just focused on how good you are as a company, but it's more talking about how you help customers, how you help solve their common problems that they come to you with and and the benefits and the the kind of value you bring to your table rather than just making it all about me, 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 which is kind of like a salesperson. If you're talking to a sales rep in any company and they're just constantly talking about themselves and their product and how good they are, it's just a turn off, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Unless you're solving problems in education, in educating, you're just pushing a product down someone's throat, really. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I totally agree with that. I think, you know, it's always been, you know, what is your value prop or elevator pitch? And that should be so concise. Um, And if you put it under the grunt test, the caveman should be able to to practice that pretty quickly. That's it. Bring it to the cave
0: and see what happens.
1: (laughs) Bring it to the cave and see what happens. I I love that. Um, Okay. So, you know, we've got this new site. It's been redeveloped, redesigned, page speeds, top notch. We've got amazing content on site. It's been redesigned from a um, I guess for, from a user exp- experience point of view so we've, we've ensured that you know there's different stages of the funnels that are being um, uh, I guess answered if you like throughout the, the, the different different pages um, now what do we do right so let's let's shift gears and, and, and get into maybe a little bit of a little bit of SEO right um, what are you seeing in this space and what are the I guess what are the what are the changes that you're seeing there from a, from a Google from a Google perspective?
0: Yeah, so I mean, one of the recent rollouts that Google put into play in terms of an organic SEO perspective was Core Web Vitals. So Mm. a big part of that was, again, page speed. So making sure your website page speed's up to scratch. They've also put a bigger emphasis on mobile-first design. So Mm. you may have heard, well, you definitely would have heard, Rob, but people tuning in may have heard of having a responsive website. So basically that means your website adapts to mobile, desktop, tablet, PC, et cetera, when people open on it. But now that's not good enough. So typically, on most websites, the um, percentage of mobile views is usually 60% or higher. So now you need to c- consider, you probably want to tap into Google Analytics. Um, if you've not got Analytics installed, make sure you do so you can track your website traffic, lead conversions, cell conversions, and all that good stuff. But yeah, typically, websites have about a 60% uh, mobile search rate. So making sure you've got a mobile-first design so that you actually craft the designs for mobile before anything else. It still looks great on tablet and PC. But ultimately, you want to give the best experience what drives the most views, right? So that's really important. Mm -hmm. And then there's a a few other bits and pieces around user experience, making sure your website is easy to navigate, really easy for users to find exactly what they they need. And as always with Google, it's all about providing people with helpful um, and useful content that answers their questions that's a huge part of, of what it is if you can be a useful resource to your prospects when ultimately they're searching in Google a question or a service and you have a page on a service page on your website or whether that's your home page or an inner page and that gives them exactly what they're looking for provides useful text content, maybe infographics, maybe animated videos, maybe a podcast and if yours is the most useful resource there the chances are you're going to get bumped up higher on Google um, and ultimately, if your website does a good job at then educating them and um, building confidence and then driving them to take the next step then it's going to help you with, with driving more business
1: so ultimately what i'm hearing here is and you know i guess i'm sort of stating obviously a little bit but you know no, no longer well i mean gone are the days of re- redesigning rebuilding a website and then trying to then optimize that for for, for for search right or for google the two really much pretty much go hand in hand right like we need to take into consideration when the site is under the knife and being redesigned or redeveloped, how does this affect it from a search perspective? Right, Definitely. is this search friendly? You know, what is Google gonna think when we when we launch the site? Is it crawlable, is it not? Is it mobile first, is it not? What's the page speed? What's the user experience? What's the time on page? You know, is a bounce rate very high, for example? Um, yeah. Is it taking a long time to load the page? All that needs to be taken into consideration because I think you would agree that time and time again, you know, we inherit as an agency, we inherit these websites that look great. Don't get me wrong, right? They're amazing looking websites. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't convert, right? And they're and they're so problematic because of the way that they've been developed. Whether that is from a page speed point of view, whether it's just architecturally, it's not. It hasn't been sought sort through properly, um, yep. you know, to take Google's to take Google into consideration. So we inherit these problems, and now we need to go away and fix it. And a lot of the times, if these considerations have actually been taken into considerations when it was being redesigned or redeveloped, I think a lot of the times, um, A, it's a lot cheaper for the, for the client, and B, um, it's a lot quicker to go to market with something that's really search-friendly.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And a lot of the time, Rob, it's, it's about education. So whether that's mm. kind of whether you're a small business and perhaps you've got to learn yourself and read blogs, videos, podcasts, whatever, whether you work with a, an agency, um, got to take the time really to understand kind of like we said earlier why you're building the website and then most importantly there's no point in building an awesome all-singing dancing website if no one's gonna ever find it you've got to think about marketing it getting it in front of the customers most importantly on the channels they actively use when searching for a vendor like yours so whether that is organic search on google which most people do start their buying journey on whether that's paid ads whether that's social like linkedin facebook etc and so on but yeah to add to your point Ultimately, if you're going to be building a website and you are going to want to market it on Google, you also want to think in early stages before you design and build it and have to go back to the drawing board, the actual search terms you want it to be found for, um, which if you've got a web company, they can help you with that. So thinking about what are the main products or the main services we actually want people to type in Google and find us for. And then making sure that your website structure from a technical standpoint and from a content standpoint has useful resources, useful pages, useful service pages that actually have content that's highly relevant to these search terms we actually want to be found for. Um, Otherwise, you're going to build a great site and then find once you want to do SEO, you're going to have to rejig perhaps some of the design, some of the content, some of the technical elements um, because you've realized that you want to get it ranked on Google.
1: Sam and I, I, I want to just probably spend a little bit of time on this topic because it's not just even small businesses, right? And you touched on it there around education. I yep. can't begin to explain to you the amount of enterprise level sites that we have inherited, or current, or you actually work on, and that company has somewhere in the board has decided they needed to go and rebuild the, 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 the sites. They don't inform their SEO agency, mate. And this happened probably a couple of months ago. Where ecom brand, very well known Australian brand, does roughly about a million bucks a week in online in online retail, which is yep. only a couple of percent of their overall overall revenue. Yep. They redesigned the site, redeveloped it, didn't engage us. We had no idea that it was even happening. Overnight, they switched to the new sites. If they were losing hundreds of thousands of dollars a day because yep. a simple migration wasn't done, right? Right. So like. No, no one took into consideration any any seo elements when they were redesigning and redeveloping the site that's one thing and secondly the migration process was never there was there wasn't an SEO migration process in place and you and i both know that that's a very comprehensive piece of work for any new design or any new development of a, Definitely. Of a site yep. so i think even you know like small businesses totally totally agree with you but even at an enterprise level it's one of the the most fundamental Things to take into consideration if you've engaged, you know, a designer or a development agency that don't necessarily have the SEO capabilities or strength in house, to definitely work with your SEO agency, right? Like for our li- listener guys, I can't stress this enough, right? The amount of revenue that I have seen lost due to, I won't even call it negligence. I would call it just due to the not. This is an understanding piece, right? It's an education yeah. piece that that is a fundamental piece of work that needs to be taken on before you even think about pushing that site life. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I had to just voice my opinion here because of, you know, time and time again, I, I see that and I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that sits here and gets pretty, uh, not frustrated, I, but gets very passionate about it. Right.
0: Completely agree. I mean, there's two sides to this sword. Um, there's one which is definitely the SEO, which I agree. doesn't matter what size your business is. If your website's been online, for more than a few months, the chances are it's gained some SEO positioning because Google's picked it up. So if you're gonna be rebuilding a new site, you need to carefully, first and foremost, you don't just wanna rebuild it and make it live. You wanna build it on a test environment, a test server. So make sure your Mm -hmm. web or your SEO agency is doing that. So that way you can carefully, as you said, Rob, make sure everything's migrated through, whether that's the content, whether that's something called 301 redirects. And that basically means your page links are all carried through. Um, so you can still pick up the pages as it would before. Um, and all aspects of the build are as carefully transferred as possible. Otherwise, the moment that site goes live, a few days later, you're going to take a massive hit. And just like you, you've said ah. with your client, revenue is going to go down the drain because it wasn't done carefully. and It wasn't done thoughtfully. Uh, it's not something you want to rush, when, it, especially for larger scale sites, whether that's an e-commerce or a big B2B site. You've got to be careful. And also... On that note, if we're talking about just rebuilding sites, just going back to if we're going to redesign a site, we want to know why we're doing it. Is it because if we're e-commerce, is it because we've seen that people are dropping off at checkout and we want to kind of improve that? So we're going to rebuild our checkout process, make it easier, make less steps, just make people jump through less hoops to buy from us. Is it because perhaps we're a lead gen site, perhaps our inquiry forms are too detailed? Perhaps our website is too slow loading and we found people are dropping off on the homepage. Perhaps there's no um, kind of simple process to go from homepage to get a quote. Um, perhaps we're not providing useful resources. So understanding, look at the analytics or getting your web agency to kind of really look at what's going on right now and then give you sound advice as to why you're doing the next thing. Um, rather than just saying, yeah, we're going to redesign it and it should work. It might do,
1: it might not. Look, this is a bit of a controversial topic, right? And, and, and especially for me, because I've got my own sort of opinions on this. So, hopefully, for our listeners, I'm not going to uh, rattle in any, your any, any major cages here. But my thoughts on this topic has always been: I like to do my testing first, right? And we, you know very well, right? Impressive. We don't design and develop websites; we've got partner agencies that, that we work with. But from your perspective, because obviously you guys do this on a day-to-day basis, you know, my approach has always been to run testing on the site or particular pages that we want to improve. Once we have a winning variation. Then we can tag that into the design, the new design elements, right? Because I find yeah. a lot of agencies, um, you know, they'll sell the the great looking, you know, piece of piece of work, right? It's a great looking website, and we go through ideation and mood boards and this and that and the other. And I always challenge, well, how much testing have you actually done before you've even, you know, considered that design? Like before you go into redesign that homepage, have you even looked yeah. at GA? Have you looked at a data-driven design, or have you done any AB testing? Have you had any CRO on a on a, on a checkout page, for example, before you've gone and implemented what is referred to as best practice? Because we, you, and I both know. Again, you know, best practice is not necessarily the best way to approach every website. There are different circumstances for every for every site. So, what are your thoughts on that?
0: There's so many different angles to this, Rob. So I'll give you an example. So we we've got an e-commerce brand that deals in firewood and they're doing a few mil turnover so they're doing okay in the uk and essentially they got their website built by another company but we look after their organic seo which is ticking along nicely but they found out just by looking at their google analytics that some areas so some counties in the uk are doing really well in terms of sales but then other counties they're getting the traffic there but they're just dropping off Um, So we've literally gone into their Google Analytics, looked into by region. And what we're doing now is testing things like giving them at checkout option, the option for free shipping. um, Because we think that might be something that's just that small thing by people seeing the shipping cost um, at the checkout is scaring them off. So just understanding what's going on really is such a key part, whether that is looking at Google Analytics or whether that's installing a tool like Hotjar which is more of a heat map to see how people interact with your website and how they enjoy using your site. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go with testing. If, if you're e-commerce, then again, you can look at how people interact with different pages. If they drop out at checkout, if they're going to a product page and perhaps perhaps your add to basket call to action is below the fold, or perhaps you haven't got high quality enough pictures and people are dropping off, or perhaps you're not giving them the, the information they need. Um, so again, you can look at the analytics to find out about that, or perhaps you're Running paid ads and you're driving people to a landing page about one specific offer um, and you want them to buy or leave their details there. So if you're running ads to a landing page, then you probably want to do two or three different variations of the landing page so you can test different headlines, different colors on the um, different call to actions. maybe different types of social proofs. So what I mean by that is kind of different types of reviews or case studies or accreditations that build up confidence whilst people are browsing through there because they can see that other people have invested in the solution from the reviews or case studies. There's so many different elements to this, but ultimately the thing to consider is your website or your landing page is never the final article. It can always be improved. So you constantly need to be measuring your your analytics, your traffic, um, your visitors, and, and how effective they are at converting into into customers or leads and um, so you constantly need to be aware and kind of understanding what's going on, really.
1: Yeah, look, and it's a good segue into the I guess the, probably the topic that I want to get into is around, you know, the intent of the user before they get to the site right? So, you know, we're all humans. So we jump into, you know, let's say we jump into Google and we put a query in there. Your query and my query are going to probably be very different, but we're probably still searching for the same product, right? If, we're, if I'm searching for black shoes, for example, I might put in, you know, um, I don't know, Euro 42 black high tops, right? Yeah, That's a very, very, you know, specific query where you might go in, Sam, and say, you know, black high tops, so, our, you know, our intent is probably the same, but the way that we've searched for that or the query that we have put into a search engine is very different. So I think understanding as well the consumer behavior and almost mm-hmm. trying to get into their psyche um, and taking that into the site and how the site should interact and, you know, what sort of content should be displayed. I also think is very important and it's something that can, um, I guess, it's probably the difference between a high converting site and a low converting site is that is understanding the consumer behavior before they even get to the site and where they land on that specific page. Are they landing on a category page yep. or, the, or a product page or a, or a subcategory page?
0: Yeah, 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 I completely agree. And there's a few things you can do. You mentioned uh, an interesting point on the searches. So some people skip this when they're doing SEO. So when they're doing that, their SEO, getting, um, wanting to get rankings for certain search terms, they sometimes just focus on the buying ones Um, so people that are actually ready to buy right here and now but uh, then you're missing a massive chunk of people that are kind of earlier in the sales funnel so people that are thinking about your product or your offer or a similar offer or comparing offers so in in the trainers market let's say you're looking for a pair of running trainers you might want to consider tapping into search terms like how to find the best sports shoes or what to consider before buying running trainers or um best or five tips to consider when buying running trainers, those kind of things, because then you could create articles on your site, which probably don't have tons of demand. They're quite niche. And then you're giving a useful resource. You're building confidence with that buyer because they need that question answered. So that's kind of top of funnel. Then you've got middle of funnel where they might be comparing options. So let's say kind of Nike running shoes versus Puma running shoes as a quick example. And then having a kind of article or video on that. And then right at the bottom of the funnel, when buy the best running trainers or buy Nike trainers now or whatever it may be. And um, so considering that, and then like you said, Rob, making sure you've got the relevant content on your site that really helps them, educates them and, and takes them to the next
1: step. Exactly. And, that, and that's how you can really start to, to, to segment out your traffic based on buying stages, right? Rather than just like you said, rather than just going after black shoes. Like, well, how can I get them at the start of the journey? And then how can I, once they're in, you know, there'll be other things that you can do. You can retarget, you can start to remarket, you can build out your pixel data, you can do all, all sorts of stuff, right? So it's a good way to try and figure out how do I segment my audience into, you know, say awareness, consideration, decision, and what content do I need for stage A, two, and three, right? Or uh, A, B, yeah. and C. Um, so I think you've touched on a very important point there is don't just keep going after just buying high intent keywords because you probably struggle to rank that site. Right. Mm. Whereas, if you can start to build out a good, um, you know, a number of content pillars, depending on buying stages, I think that can add a lot of value to either side. The way that Google indexes it, and also to the, you know, ultimately to the end user and where they where, exactly. where they land. Exactly yeah um so it's a very very good very good point there um so as far as I mean you mentioned there are a number of other channels as well um, I know obviously your main disciplines are around you know web dev and and and, and SEO um, but we talked about a little bit of paid media and you know retargeting and so on um how do you guys generally incorporate that into your overall approach or into your strategy
0: yeah 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 so it, it does vary depending on the type of business and um, depending on what they want to do and where ultimately where their customers hang out so, for example, if we're doing SEO for them and we know that certain search terms are getting some decent demand, getting some good results, getting some good traffic, um, some good leads for them or some good sales, then the chances are Google AdWords are going to be good because we've already tested the demand. So the next logical step is to run Google Ads or vice versa. if we're already doing Google Ads for them and we've seen keywords performing high, well, let's do some SEO because we can get them some free traffic over time and get them the, the, the organic positions. So just using what's going on and, and making sensible decisions um, as a first and foremost, or if they're perhaps if we know that they're kind of e-commerce and we know that their customers probably going to be browsing Facebook, then we can try, like you said, whether that's kind of retargeting ads on Facebook or some initial ads on Facebook to capture those different levels of the journey. And um, so there's a lot of ways you can go about it. I mean, something we do for some B2B companies is we'll do um, lead magnet ads. So if they're in B2B space, let's go back to trainers. We might do a free guide for them. So we might do something like five things to consider before investing in X or f- 10 free mm. tips before buying this or how to how to build mm. the best Y. Um, so that way, basically, what that looks like is they click an ad, whether that's Facebook ad or a different channel, takes them to a landing page, which is fully focused on one offer. Um, they just put in their name and email and then they get a free handy guide. And then usually they're nurtured via some kind of email sequence or nurtured via kind of display ads on on social or whatever network you go down. And then those are gradually um, prompting them to even make a purchase, or if they're perhaps in the B2B space to book a consultation call or something like that. And and that approach
1: is relevant for, you know, from startups all the way to enterprise. I mean, you know, Salesforce are renowned for this, right? I mean, Mm. the amount of content they put out around, five steps to do this, or, you know, the five tips to do that, you know, and it's all about just getting you into the, into their ecosystem. And then from there, you're getting bombarded with the amount of emails and, you know, sequences that are, you know, as a consumer or as a, as a, as a, as a marketer, I guess I'm being enrolled into. So I think it could, it, the scale of how we, as marketers, I guess we can do this, it can be done at a very, very small level, all the way through to an enterprise enterprise level. Yeah. Um, Yeah. that's awesome, Sam. So I think, look, to, to wrap this up, I'm gonna ask a question here. What are your, what's your number one tip, right? For, I'm gonna break out these in segments, right? <laughs> yeah, for startups, the second one is gonna be for established businesses. And then the third one is gonna be for mature business. Yeah. Because I think they're all very different, right? So what would be your ultimate, I guess, tip for a startup an established business and then a mature business?
0: Yeah. All right. So from a digital marketing standpoint, I'm guessing,
1: of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we yeah, don't yeah. want to go to so, personal
0: advice, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, startup, so if, if you're a new business, I'd say you probably don't have a lot of cash, right? So you probably don't want to kind of, I mean, um, invest in a ton of channels. So what I usually say is start with two or three channels um, that you're pretty confident that your ideal buyer is going to ha- hang out on. So first and foremost, get a, get a decent website built. Whether you need to do that... You, yourself and use some of the tips we've shared with you today or whether you need to appoint a freelancer and company to kind of build something and follow these best practices do so um and then look at a couple channels so if you're if you're look at quick wins so one of my advice right now is look at some free ways that you can kind of start building brand and get in front of your buyers so the chances are if you create a podcast right now that's very very easy to do um and what you can do, especially if you're in the B2B space, is you can start building credibility, building trust, showing that you know what you're talking about, and also interviewing ideal prospects. So getting people to chat to you that are perhaps in your industry or in other sectors that you perhaps want to do business with, inviting them onto your show to chat, building confidence with them, building relationship with them, and also um, showcasing you know what you're talking about to prospects. Um, and you can do that on YouTube or podcast or whatever you want to do. Um, and then apart from that, maybe pick one other channel, whether that is Google ads, whether that is kind of Facebook ads, or whether that is just creating content on LinkedIn if you're in the B2B space, which is absolutely free of charge to do. Something I do every day and it generates us inbound opportunities. So pick two or three channels and start testing them out. Start creating content on them. Start understanding how that's affecting your website. Set up Google Analytics on your website so you can measure what's going on. Start tracking your conversions. Make sure your web developer sets up Traffic conversions, so you can understand how well effective your website is at driving business and customers, um, and then measure that. Once you've done a kind of month or two of that, understand what's working, what's not, and move with what is. Try the tech uh, channels that aren't. So that's why I'd say for a startup initially, for a medium-sized company, um it's more about understanding what's going on right now. So yeah, kind of looking at the channels that you're going on. So perhaps you're spending money on Google Ads, perhaps you're investing in SEO. Perhaps you're doing some retargeting, remarketing to people that have visited your site and not converted. Um, perhaps you're you're running a podcast, kind of really get into the nuts and bolts of the data, find out um, what's driving the most revenue, not what's just driving traffic, but what's actually converting into sales um, leads or what's converting into deals sold. And then double down on it, really. It's, you've, you've got to ramp up budgets and um, do that. And also... If you've already got kind of three or four channels that are performing well, don't be afraid to do a month's test or so four weeks test on a new channel. Something we do at WebChoice mm. all the time is try out new channels. So we literally eat our own dog food. I mean, SEOs is our, our number one performer for inbound, followed by paid ads, followed by LinkedIn for our own business. And we'll often try new sponsored ad channels, um, new revenue channels to see. give them a month's test, spend maybe a couple grand on them on ads. If they work, great. Let's ramp up spend if they don't well at least we've learned from it we've given it a good test we can say mm. we won't do it again and i don't think there's anything wrong with that we're not dumping tens of thousands we're dumping a couple of grand in there no way um and we're learning from it so that's that's a really important thing i think a lot of companies are scared to do um because mm. ultimately i wouldn't advise any company to do something we wouldn't do ourselves as a business mm. um and then for larger scale companies you can you can look into all these things we talked about. So looking at making sure you've got a solid website, making sure you're measuring it, making sure you're catering for all angles of the buying journey from top of funnel to bottom of funnel on your site, making sure your site really builds trust and resonates with your target customers. It's a really useful resource, just like you hinted at Salesforce, Rob. Enterprise level sites, ultimately these, these kind of sites, if they're in the B2B space, they need to be generating hundreds of leads a day. So they need to be such a useful resource and they need to, kind of have a bunch of things whether that's podcasts videos white paper downloads ebook downloads all this good stuff then you're going to need to be looking at email sequences bunches of retargeting ads it's it's on a big scale so that that kind of thing you're looking at kind of big big ad spends constantly measuring your marketing activities your website activities and then looking at angles that you can kind of drive more customers to your site and then convert those into opportunities really
1: love it man I love that advice and probably the only one I'm going to add to the mature businesses is don't get comfortable and complacent because I think one of the things that I see a lot is you know because they're a big brand they just assume that you know they're just naturally going to generate inquiries and generate sales and, and, yeah, and opportunities right so you know, and subsequently they get very comfortable and complacent, and they don't look at their customer journey. They don't, you know, innovate. They don't update their site's content. They don't do this and that and the other. And effectively, what's happening is that there's another competitor around the corner who's doing it extremely well, and that dark horse comes out of nowhere and overtakes. Um, Great That's probably yeah. my piece of advice that I'm going to add to the to the end of that. Um, Sam, my man. Other than LinkedIn, where you know, I see you all the time, um, how do we find you? Where do you spend uh, Where do you spend uh, your, your time?
0: yeah yeah yeah, sure thing so connect with me on linkedin and we post kind of actual marketing tips daily otherwise feel free to check out the podcast which is business growth show and we share two episodes a week with actionable marketing tips to help you grow your business and your revenue that's business growth show um otherwise if you're perhaps frustrated that your website isn't converting your hard-earned visitors into regular flow of sales or leads Or maybe you're just annoyed because every time you search for your product or offering on Google, your competitors are always one above you or maybe a few pages (laughs) above you. Um, We'd love to chat to you. It's webchoiceuk.com.
1: Love your work, man. Thank you for jumping on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um, and I look forward to chatting with you soon. Growth Masters, everyone. Have a great day.
0: Are you tired of hunting for clients?